What is up, everybody? Welcome to the Monday Main Point. It's actually good to be recording on a Monday again. We had a couple of couple busy weeks. We usually uh, take the first uh, Monday off Easter, the day after Easter off. So that was good to be able to get some rest there. So we're back at it this week. Uh, my name is Blake Flincham. I'm pretty much the host of the Monday Main Point. And I'm joined with me by our lead pastor, Jeff McCarthy, who uh, brought a sermon yesterday. Uh, what I thought was a very logical progression of a sermon series kind of thing, if you will. You know, we obviously preached on the resurrection on Easter. And then we actually had a little bit of a different sermon yesterday from uh, Mark chapter 16, verses 19 through 20. And we were talking about the significance of the ascension. And I'll be honest, man, you were, you were hitting a spot on when you were, you know, when you asked the crowd, how many, uh, how many sermons on the ascension, you know, you've ever heard. And, uh, I don't think I heard anybody say yes yesterday. <laughs> no, nobody. Everybody was just sitting there yeah. looking at me like, uh, that sounds familiar, but I'm not really sure, you know, kind of thing. Right. And, and I'm thinking because, you know, we're Protestant, we're Baptist, we didn't really, uh, we didn't really have like the Ascension Sunday because the Catholic Church took a lot of these events and then they turned them into these big uh, like, festivals or you know, these things, why you come to church. Made it real uh, liturgical. and Right. Yeah. And, then, and then, of course, then you had Muhammad, who supposedly ascended, you know, and they built a, uh, a you know, a temple in yeah. honor of him there at where the, the, the Jewish temple used to be there in Jerusalem. And is then, that at the, is that where like the dome rock? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, yeah, supposedly yeah. Supposedly he ascended from there. Oh, okay. Temple. And then, of course, uh, the Catholics teach that Mary ascended too, which we don't believe in that. So no, I think probably all. because they took a doctrine that really is significant, uh, the significant doctrine, and because they had embraced it so much, I think the Protestants uh, kind of steered away from it, kind of like we do with like uh, the tongues issues, stuff like that. If it's something that doesn't really fall in our, our wheelhouse. Yeah. That's kind of controversial, right. and we kind of like set it to the side. But the ascension is an important doctrine because, uh, like I was saying, uh, one guy that did write a book about it um, talked about it as being like the hinge to the New Testament. So, so you have uh, the birth, which is the incarnation, his death, burial, resurrection, and then. Uh, so now, what is he going to do? His rightful place is the right hand of the Father. So, how is he going to get from here to there? And then also he had promised he's going to send the Holy Spirit. So somehow that, that's going to happen. So, yeah. so the ascension then becomes like the hinge that opens the door for Jesus to be in his rightful position and then send the Holy Spirit down to, to let the church then do its work as the body of Christ. So. Right. And I thought, um, and remind me, what was that? Do you have, do you have the book title of that? Just in case any of our listeners need yeah, to read it. It's Patrick Schreiner, The Ascension of Christ. Recur, uh, recovering a neglected doctrine, which is so true. I mean, it's a very powerful. I didn't read the book, but I read a review of the book, and that's how I got those quotes. So, yeah. obviously, um, his whole point was this is an important doctrine that that we really haven't really, um, uh, you know, not, not really uh, looked at fully as Protestants, as evangelicals, like we should. Right. Well, and. You know, like you were saying, you know, when you get all these other things kind of conglomerate, these false teachings conglomerated with a with an essential doctrine, it does seem like 
Protestants, uh, you know, we as Baptists do try to kind of stay away from stuff like that when really we shouldn't. You know, we should... If, well, we should expose the truth. Right. We should, we should expose the truth of it, and we shouldn't, you know, go away from it, but that should be even more uh, encouragement for us to preach on the doctrine and right. and expose you know what a what an important thing and, it was and one of the other reasons is there's just so short few verses about it and it doesn't really go into a huge de- detail about it right and so uh so finding a verse to 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 use um i chose the mark one because it kind of divided this up in, into two uh easy easy points to uh look at like all right, this is like the so what of the ascension, you know, because so, all right, so he ascends. What's the big deal about that? And that puts him in where he needs to be in his position of power. And then that, what does it mean for us? Well, then the Holy Spirit comes and we work together. We use that synergy yeah. that the, that uh, Mark uses as the word to uh, do the work that he's called us to do. Because when you look at Mark, he basically has ascension, like he goes and, uh, and sits and then the, the church goes and preaches. Well, we know that, that there was a time frame. There was a 10-day period. Right. And then once the Holy Spirit came, uh, they were filled with the Spirit, and then they began to preach. And then it wasn't until the persecution that they actually scattered and went out like they were supposed to and began to spread the gospel. So he he takes a, two, two verses and tells a whole history of, this, you know, many years and weeks in a, in, a, in a compact, concise way that Mark does. So, so you have to kind of unpack it a little bit. And that was the two main points I thought about the significance of it was it put Jesus where he needed to be. And then it allows him then to work through us, through the Holy Spirit, doing the work that we need to do here. Yeah, I've always kind of, like reading through Mark, I've always thought, you know, like Mark seems like a man's man. You know, he's very... He's very short, concise, and to the point. Mm-hmm. And it's like, a, like I love it. I'm like, Jesus, Son of God, he was tempted, boom, he's off to the next thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know, so, so he's a, a very, very good gospel we have here. And, um, he, and he's written, he's writing the Gentiles too, so he's yeah. not going to get bogged down in a lot of uh, Old Testament theology and things like that. Right. Matthew's more into that if you're really into Old Testament theology. Yeah. Uh, he, you know, he's he he looks at everything that happens, and this is why it was fulfilled. And then Luke, of course, is like a companion to Mark, and uh, he goes into a little bit more detail. But he's coming from a historical yeah. perspective as right. well as uh, a prophetic, and and his whole purpose then is to show how um, uh, how how Jesus came. You know, he, this is the story of Jesus. What happened? And this is the story of the church, you know, post ascension, right. basically. Yeah. Uh, he gives the, the 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 first two chapters is the ascension, and then the Pentecost, and then the rest of it's like, okay, here's here's, and so technically the book of Acts is still being written. We're still writing the book of Acts right now. Right, and it's a uh, yeah. I mean, with with I've always thought, you know, like Luke. Luke mentions the ascension too, and like if you're a skeptic reading the Gospels, I would point towards Luke because he starts out the Gospels. Um, he starts out his Gospel saying, you know, I, you know, I've carefully investigated this. You know, he went out of his way because Luke never really saw Jesus, and so he's kind of coming at it from like a secondhand perspective a little bit. But he went out and got, you know, he went to eyewitnesses. He went to 
the credible sources, and he was able to write a very detailed, thorough gospel with it. So, right, and he was a companion of Paul, so he right. obviously met Peter. A lot of people believe a lot of Luke's primary sources came from uh, uh, Mary, the mother of Jesus, plus John, plus Peter, uh, and then, of course, with Paul. Um, and so if you look at Luke's version uh, in, the, in the end of Luke, Basically, uh, when when Jesus is ascended, uh, the it's it, t- uh, uh, the next thing he says they go they worship him, and then they go to the temple and they're there continually uh, praying and worshiping. Yeah, for sure. So it kind of skips over the whole uh, uh, what happened. So then he comes back to Acts, which I referred to in the passage uh, in the second point, where he talks about go. And, and wait for the power to come, and then once you do that, you're gonna. This is all the authority to go spread the good news. Yeah. Uh, beginning in Jerusalem to um, Judea, Samaria, and other most parts of the earth. So, so, so that's that was the hard thing about the ascension is there's not a lot of source material to where you can build a huge theology about it, but 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 there's there's so much to it that's important and. Uh, like I say, it gets us from the resurrected because the, the the ascension was a uh, bodily ascension too. So yes, it resurrected was. Resurrected body is now because Jesus became a man, so something's got to happen to that man. It re, it's resurrected, uh, so now it's going to be exalted as it ascends, and then one day he's going to come back in all of his full glory, and uh, that's when you know the end of time comes and all that. So, so the ascension is important. Um, when I when I talked about the sermon yesterday, it was kind of interesting because uh, I, I saw we were singing that song "We Believe." Yeah, and uh, it doesn't even mention it. Right, right. So, <laughs> so we were singing it because I was thinking, "Oh, this is going to be good. This is going to go right with it." But then it also yeah. went right with the, what I was the point I was trying to make anyway that it is the doctrine that's kind of skipped over. So it right. goes from resurrection to he's coming back again, which in in all the sermons I've ever heard about where the ascension is even mentioned, it's always mentioned as an afterthought to the resurrection or an afterthought to his coming back. Yeah. It's never like, okay, what let's is just this focus work? on this one thing. So that was my challenge. And yeah. Hopefully we did, did a pretty good job. Yeah, no, I got you. And I don't want to spend too much time on this, but I know we got some people who are kind of like newer to the faith and like my Bible right here. And, you know, it's, for some reason, you know, you have some Bibles, I'll say, you've got a shorter ending in Mark, and you've got some, I don't know if your Bible says it or not, but you've well, got a longer ending in Mark. So for somebody who might be newer to, and like, I don't want to get into the details of this, but kind of talk about, you know, why that might be or or what you got right there. Well, a lot of that has to do with biblical interpretation. Uh, and so when you look at the Bible, um, there's several different translations, and then in some of the translations, like like the uh, King James version, New King James version is based on um, the Bible that was received, the Texas Receptus, which, right. which was a Latin Bible as well as Greek and Hebrew and all that. So, so um, some scholars, because they found some fragments of scriptures when they they found the um, uh, fragments in the um, uh, the Dead Sea Scrolls. 
So a lot of the, a lot of them were full full scrolls. Some of them were just fragments. Then they found more in Alexandria, Egypt. A lot of Gnostic gospels. A lot of fragments of gospels, fragments from letters of Paul and stuff like that. So so Mark has. Uh, um, some some people would say because what they do is they look at the earliest uh, or the latest version is is kind of um, maybe it was added to or added on right the earlier yeah. one maybe it didn't have it right and so that just depends on really what you what you believe about it but yeah but so I wouldn't get I wouldn't lose any kind of sleep over that stuff. no for sure right, uh, right right that's just more technical yeah um, if your version has all the verses, that's fine. If it only has some, or if you have a footnote that says this is not included in several versions, that's all that's pointing to is fragments that they found uh, historically. Right, and I think it's important, too, because when you look at the preservation of the Bible, it's, uh, to put an illustration to it, it's, it's the LeBron James of preservation. You know, everything that was probably written, we got like 99% of it. You know, it's 99.9%. It's LeBron, LeBron James. Yeah, it's like the LeBron James preservation, <laughs> you know. What does or, that oh, mean? <laughs> or maybe, uh, oh, let me see if I can put this more uh, more for you. It's the Michael Jordan uh, preservation. It's awesome when it comes to preservation. <laughs> yeah, so it's a... Uh, I'm, what I'm saying oh, is the, okay. the Bible's been preserved very, yeah. very well. Okay. Yeah. So that's... Uh, I just wanted to kind of... You just touch on that a little bit, just in case somebody was like, "Oh my gosh, what does this mean?" So that's basically that's basically what that's getting at. But with the uh, ascension here, I'll go ahead and read it in uh, verses nineteen through twenty. It says, "So the Lord Jesus, after speaking to them, was taken up into heaven and sat down at the right hand of God. And they went out and preached everywhere, while the Lord worked with them and confirmed the word by the accompanying signs." So that was the kind of like the basis passage. Um, for yesterday. So we'll uh, kind of get into the points you had. The first point was based on verse 19, and that was the ascension allows Jesus to take, um, is to take his rightful position of authority. Right. So let's uh, let's kind of dive into that a little bit. I've, it's kind when you look at something like, you know, we've always said like, you know, the Trinity, God is three and one, one essence and three persons. I, I know a lot of people might have some hard time saying like, well, if Jesus is at the right hand of thinking literally is like at the right hand of God, you know, that that, doesn't, that seems more like separate. But should that be interpreted like literally or is there something a little bit deeper to that meaning of the right hand of God there? Well, I mean, anytime you say the, the word right hand, it was a position of authority that was used not, not uh, literally in a way of like a king would have someone as his right hand person. Right. But also figuratively, too, that that person, that position is that person of authority. So in other words, if uh, uh, like for us, like uh, when Jonathan was here, he was our associate pastor. And so if I wasn't available, then Jonathan then was had the, the authority and the position then to be the pastor to, to do the things that need to be done. Right. And we saw that, you know, when I got injured, I wasn't able to fulfill my duties. So he stepped in and did that. So, so when Jesus then, uh, because he's God, then he took on the form of a man. He came, he came to this earth. He was born. He was, you know, God in the flesh. Um, 
And so now, because there is a God in the flesh, there is a Jesus, and then when he raised from the dead, he proved that he is God. And so now you have this resurrected body of this of, of God, which is Jesus. What are you going to do with this resurrected body? And right. You know, when Mary saw him, she clings to it like, stay here. You know, yeah. she was excited. He's he's here. Because remember, they, they're still thinking that he's going to do this thing here on this earth. He's going to set up this messiahship. And so she's clinging to that, clinging to him. And he's like, don't cling to me. I'm, I've got to ascend to my father. So go tell my, my brothers that I'm going to ascend. And uh, they were supposed to sit and wait for him to come and show up. So so now, so, so this, this body that was resurrected, uh, according to the scriptures now, has after he teaches them, gets ascended, it's received up into heaven. He, he gets taken up into heaven right before their very eyes. That very body that they all touched and saw the print marks went to heaven. And so now that that body, according to scriptures, is sitting at the right hand of the Father. Okay, so so in his glorified human, uh, human God-man body uh, that's ascended into heaven, that's his rightful position. So now he has all authority over everything, death, disease, everything. And so and his active authority then was to send the Holy Spirit down to this earth so that this all this authority I've been given now is given to the church. You know, uh, thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Right, so, yeah. So now, uh, <clears throat> so is, is there a, glorified human Jesus person sitting at the right hand of the Father? Um, right now, I would say yes, but also the Holy Spirit, through the Holy Spirit, God is in our heart too. So Jesus is in my heart as well. Right. So he's still God. Um, he's still, uh, he's not limited to be where he's at. No, he's not chosen either. to humble himself. If you look at the, uh, Philippian passage. Yeah, Philippians chapter and, 2. Right, and God's yeah. given him a name above every name. And, and so one day we are going to be, you know, standing before before God and before Jesus and before the Holy Spirit, you know, all three in one. And um, and so when we have the Holy Spirit living inside of us, that's our guarantee then that we're going to be able to have a glorified body and be like him too. So I know it's real complicated it's hard to understand. It is because I think, um, you know, because like we obviously see like when Jesus was here on earth, like like obviously he's got. So he had authority over demons. He had authority over the sickness. Um, he did here. But with well, I think it's important to kind of like to, to distinguish when we talk about he has authority and you did a good job with this. When he has authority, we're talking really mainly in a spiritual sense because he is he has the authority over the kingdom because you look at you look at i mean you can just look at the world right and i was actually having a discussion with one of my seminary buddies one of the other the other day and we were talking about whether christ is reigning here on earth or not and my argument is kind of like a yes and no he's obviously reigning in heaven no if ands or buts about that he is reigning in the spiritual kingdom in the kingdom of god but you also look right now on earth 
Paul also talks about the God of this age, right. and he ain't talking about Jesus. He's a little G God, and he's talking about Satan there. So the earthly reign, I don't think, is all the way there yet. Um, because like when... No, it's not because no, it's the not. Bible teaches there's going to be a new heaven and a new earth. Right, and when Jesus and when comes... When that happens, it is. So we're still bound to sin. We're still bound to this earth. Um, you know, our feet are still on this this gravitational pull of earth. So this is where we're at. Uh, and so even though Jesus has all authority and power, again, he's, he's uh, in a way limited that power because he's given us free will. And he's given Satan the freedom to 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 have his reign on this earth. Very important thing to mention about Satan, though he is bound to only what is allowed. Exactly. So and we see have, that we he see that have in all authority and power. But um, and so 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 through the fall and everything, because of free will, God's still trying to build his his kingdom, and he's still trying to get people to uh, become part of his body, which is the church. And um, and so once that body's complete, then that's when everything will come to consummation. Right. Uh, but we're not there yet. And so, uh, but everything is moving towards that. Nothing's yeah. going to stop that from happening. Right. The the physical and the spiritual is going to is going to come together, and uh, and then that's when the earthly kingdom, you know, everything that we've been working towards spiritually. Is going to manifest itself in the kingdom of God here on earth with the kingdom, the new heavens, and the new earth. So I kind of wanted to throw that plug out, especially just because we've seen so many, we've seen so many devastating things lately, like in the news. I mean, you look at the Nashville shootings, the I mean, the tornadoes, like shortly thereafter, that was ripping yeah, across I mean, the south. I mean, we're in a, we're in a, we're still in a simple world. Yeah. Uh, that's uh, controlled by sim simple people and uh, simple uh, powers of principalities. Right. I mean, all these things think that they have power. I mean, even Satan thought he had power, but the head of the serpent was crushed. That's right. You know, and so he thought he was. He thought the 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 death was the end of it. The cross did it, but Jesus rose again, and so now he's he's been trying to convince people from. From that point on, that this is all lie, myth, everything like that. So. And the, the good news about that is, um, I want to touch on a little bit of that. With Satan is not the total opposite of God. No. Okay. God is, you know, just to be clear, God is infinite, uh, all knowing, all powerful, omnipresent. Satan is not. Right. Satan was a created angel. <clears throat> excuse me. He was created. He's not all-knowing. He's not all-powerful. So when we're talking about... And neither are we. <laughs> right, and, and neither are we. So let it be known, let this be good news that uh, Satan is Satan is limited. Um, let that be good news for you because what, what God's working to, somehow or another, and if we had the answers, we'd tell you, somehow or another, all this is going to come to a come to an end when Jesus comes back and everything's going to be made right. Right. You know, I'm, I'm reminded of Billy Graham's quote, you know, as a Christian, you read the last page of the Bible, it's going to be all right for us, you know. Right. And so what we can be assured of as Christians is that Jesus is where he's supposed to be. Yeah. He's got all authority and power, even though 
it may seem like the world's out of control. Maybe my life's out of control, circumstances, all those things. I, I can still put my faith and trust in the one that is in control and know that uh, for all eternity, uh, then because of the, I have this guarantee of the Holy Spirit that was given to me, that I'll be able to spend eternity with him and I'll have a, a, a glorified body I'll be able to ascend and descend and all those same things that Jesus did because, you know, we talked about that, you know, a couple of sermons ago about the resurrected body. And so um, it, Jesus has revealed this stuff in ways that we can understand it without fully understanding it. And so by faith, then I understand, okay, he's given us words. He's given us pictures. He's given us uh, the ability to communicate and even though I may not 100% understand it, it, you know, I can still put my faith in it that it's true. Yeah, absolutely. And we're, and I one think. Guy, yeah, one guy was trying to say, uh, sorry to cut you off. Oh, no, you're good. No worries. The way he, he described about Jesus's ascension was important um, was that he had twins, a, a boy and a girl, and they both played basketball. Right. They both had a game the same time and they the school was big enough that the girls met in one gym and the boys met in another gym and so he had a dilemma as a father where am i going to be because i can't be at two places at the same time so he watched one beginning of one game and then he'd go after the first quarter went and watched the second quarter the other game and so he was limited by time and space and so so the reason that jesus ascended then so he would no longer be limited in his resurrected body to time and space. And so once he did that, uh, the only reason he could be everywhere and, and at one time is through the spirit. Yeah, and I think that's a good transition to the next to the next point you made with the ascension allows Jesus to continue his work through his followers. So like you let's stay on that illustration of uh, one side of the gym and the other side of the gym. Human Jesus you know, bodily Jesus uh, was only in Jerusalem. You know, if he were still here today, I don't think he could be able to, he couldn't be in all these places at once. And we're talking about body, bodily yes. Jesus here. But the Holy Spirit, you know, what makes us all family is our brothers and sisters in China have the same spirit that we do here in the United States. Mm -hmm. And we all are family. We're all related you know, spiritually to each other, we're all in this one big family through that Holy Spirit that unifies us and, or should unify us. Um, and we're, uh, it's like, you know, it's that connection that, that we have. And Jesus even says that it's better if I go. And I'm thinking, I've always thought if I'm a disciple, I've walked with this man for three years. Um, and he's like, you know, it's actually better if I go away from you. I'm going to be like, dude, you're crazy. There's no way that, you know, if you went away, that that would be better for me because I've built a relationship with you. I've, you know, we've had laughs together. We've had uh, hard times together. Why would you going away be good? You know? Right. But the whole purpose was the spirit can come do greater things because it can go. It, it's the, that synergy that, uh, it's what a, it's what is, uh, it's what makes believers able to go to the ends of the earth. You know, when they were starting in Jerusalem, 
you know, then they were able to go to Judea, Samaria, then the ends of the earth. That Holy Spirit was that synergy that you were talking about. That was, you know, thrusting them, throwing them into the uh, uttermost parts of the earth with the mission. And the Holy Spirit's able to do that because with when we're preaching the gospel to somebody, the Spirit's using our words. Mm-hmm. You know, there's a there's an element of our obedience and when we obey, the Spirit works with it. How intrinsically yeah. that always works, I have well, no so idea. The Holy but, Spirit is preparing the person's heart to receive what you're saying. So it all kind of works together. But but yeah, so you mentioned about Jesus. So in John 14, uh, you know, that passage famously starts off with, Let not your hearts be troubled. You believe in God, believe also in me. In yeah. my Father's house are many mansions. Uh, if I go away, I'm going to prepare a place for you and I'll come again. So he's preparing them for his death because they all know when Lazarus uh, died and they say, we're going to go. Jesus says that he's dead. And then one of the disciples says, well, let's all go too. So we can all die. So they, they know something's got to give. Right. Because there's just too many people following Jesus. Now the, the um, uh, Pharisees and the uh, chief priests and all, they're always at odds with Jesus. They're trying to catch him. Uh, he's had death threats, and all these things have been going on. And then you got Rome, and and uh, uh, if they're if they're saying Jesus is the Messiah, then that's gonna that's gonna create a problem because they believe that, that Caesar is Lord, and now you're saying this guy's gonna come. So they knew that that this something was getting ready to give. And so Jesus is preparing them, like, look, I'm going away. And, you know, in those, that famous passage, which we preach uh, at a lot of funerals, read, yeah, yeah. read it at funerals, you know, because it, it gives a good opportunity to, to, to tell people the gospel because uh, he says, I'm preparing a place and I'm going to come again. And where I go, you, you'll know in the way, you know, and then I think it's um, uh, Thomas like, hey, we, we don't know the way. Uh, right, he's like, where, where are you going? He said, "I am the way, the truth, and life. No one comes to the Father except through me." And so then Philip says, "Well, show us the Father." Then he's <laughs> like, "If you like, see me, you see the Father." The Father. So, yeah. so it's a great passage to help people see that Jesus is who He said He is. So, so now that breaks the ice then to say, "Okay, here's what's going to happen." And actually, it's important because this is a letter on in chapter 14. He says. I've got to go away because if I go away, the Father's going to send another helper, an advocate, the Spirit, and he's going to be able to help you, uh, and he's going to be able to be with you. Um, and so so he's preparing them to understand and know that, that going away, ascending, is very important because the only way then that he can send his Spirit back, who's going to be able to guide them in all truth, who's going to be able to teach them, everything they need to know, who's going to be able to bring uh, things up uh, when they're standing before the, the chief priests and all, they're standing before uh, their accusers. It's going to be the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit's going to help them write the New Testament and things like that. And so all this is very important. And so, so if, if they're sad and upset because Jesus is going to die, he's got to prepare them that this is important because this is the next step. The Holy Spirit's got the kill. It is, and it was a it was a painful segue to get there, you know, with his death. I mean, they went into hiding. They were fearful of the Jews for their lives, but with the resurrection, it brought them hope again. I mean, and, right, and, and so then they went out and did that mission, and you see that, and they well, can, 
Well, at first with the resurrection, they were still scared and still uh, afraid. They were still hiding. And so Jesus says, just go and wait. And that, and and then the Holy Spirit's going to come. And so we know by looking at scriptures uh, that the ascension happens. And then 10 days later is Pentecost, which is 50 days from Passover. So the 50th day is when uh, Pentecost happens, when the Holy Spirit comes, that fulfillment of this uh what Jesus had been promising and what the Old Testament promised alone. So once then they receive the Holy Spirit, yeah. that's what changes them. That's when they become bold. That's when they begin to preach. That's when they are uh, when they face persecution and things like that. They're able to stand and withstand and realize, you know, uh, I can do this not in and of myself, but because I have the power of the Holy Spirit working in. Absolutely, and because of that Spirit, we're able to do work. And even like, um, like for us pastors, you know, there's days that we feel, like, man, we're top of the world. The Lord's doing some great stuff. We're stoked. And then there's also <laughs> there's also some days where we're like, what are we doing? You know, it's like what nothing feels right. Nothing. Nothing seems to be going well, but the spirit at the end of the day is what helps us keep going. And that was the same case for the disciples, because in Acts chapter 1, 8 through 10, I see that you referenced it here. uh, It says, but you will receive power. That's very important, because if you receive power, you know, that is the power that you're going to be able to do this stuff. It's a power you don't have, but this power is going to help you. When you receive that power, when the Holy Spirit has come on you, you will be my witnesses in Jerusalem, all of Judea, Samaria, and to the end of the earth. You know, that's like we're in we're in Durham right now. So that's like saying for us, you know, you can reach Durham, you can reach North Carolina, you can reach the United States, and you can go international with the power of the Spirit. Um, that was kind of like the, to kind of give you an illustration of like the regions that, would probably they that's how they probably would have looked at that you know if you looked at like Durham North Carolina United States because Samaria was just right above yeah Israel. it was the known world at that time right and the ends of the earth and uh, you know I have so no whatever idea. else was out there that they didn't know about then this Holy Spirit's going to go with them right and in fact you know when I closed out the summer I talked about the guy that's getting ready to go to the moon that's a Christian he's going to be proclaiming. The good news outside the world, yeah, on the moon, <laughs> right? So I mean, just like yeah. this passage, like yeah, it just like boom. Uh, I mean, think about that. Yeah, Paul and all those guys would never be thinking about. You know, I need. I probably need to get to the moon and preach the gospel. Yeah, but you know, he's going to use that as a platform. He's going to be preaching the gospel, but it's going to be the his crew members, but also the people back here on Earth. And we don't know what's going to happen. You know, he said, "Pray for us," because. It's going to be a risky mission. It's going to be a capsule they've never used before. And, you know, if you've ever followed any space stuff, you know that tragedy can happen. Well, you look at the, what was the Challenger? <clears throat> well, as I'm old enough that I've, I've witnessed a lot of, uh, you know, uh, missions that went wrong with outer space. From right. From the very beginnings on up to yeah. uh, that space shuttle exploding and then the one that coming back into orbit over... Um, Texas, you know, that disintegrated. So there's no guarantee they're going to come back. No, there's not. But there is one guarantee, even though this guy ascended in a rocket ship, if he dies up there, 
he's going to be resurrected one day. Yeah. And he's going to ascend again. Absolutely. And, so, uh, and also, a fun side note, I had, when I was uh, doing the kids talk about the uh, about the rocket ship and the Kennedy Space Center down in Florida, I had absolutely no idea that you were going to use that illustration. No, I didn't know I was going to do it either. Until right. So I, I, was, I saw an article about him being a Christian, and I started reading it. I was like, okay. Uh, yes, this sir. is pretty interesting because uh, it, it kind of goes along with because uh, they went and preached everywhere that everywhere is everywhere and the Holy Spirit will be with you no matter where you're at. And so right. if, if, even if you use like the Durham example, okay, so now we live in Durham, but then the world has come to Durham. That's so we true. can actually walk outside our door and encounter people that 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 hundreds of years ago. Where where missionaries went out, you know, to these places, and now these people are here. Like you remember, like Lottie Moon. Yeah. She went to China. Well, uh, they just had a big Chinese uh, festival over in Cary this past week, uh, and so you can reach Chinese people right here. Well, they have a lantern festival every year. Yeah. You know? And so uh, people went to India. Well, if you go to Morrisville. Uh, and, and just go there, you're going to see all these Indian uh, restaurants and everything because they built a temple, a Hindu temple in, in, in that area. And so all these Indians are, are, are living there now. When you look at what happened um, a few years ago with uh, Afghanistan and Syria, yeah, so and these... we're not getting political on that, but with when all that mess was going on and they started coming over here, I mean... Like I'm okay. I'm from Dobson, North Carolina. Mm-hmm. I would have to go to Afghanistan, usually in theory, to reach somebody from Afghanistan. I don't have to go to Afghanistan right now. Now I'm not no. not saying I'm not discouraging international missions when I say this. So don't don't. No, there's still a need for that. Right, but, but there's but, but they're here. But yeah, too. so yeah. You, so all these people at one time thinking, oh, I wish I could have been a missionary or this this and that and that. Well, open the door and walk about. Uh, a block, you know, just walk around your neighborhood. I guarantee you, you're going to encounter someone that came from somewhere. Well, and I know over in uh, kind of off Maureen Road over here in Durham, mm-hmm. you know, I know that there's a there's a pretty big or a fairly good size of Indian population. Yeah, over there, and I'm actually a. It's kind of funny we're talking about this. I've got a uh, I've got an assignment this week about like a demographic study that's around the church for my practicum I'm doing. Uh-huh. So I'm actually looking really forward to seeing what all like oh, yeah. what all people groups around here. If I'm not mistaken, I think we also have like a a little bit of a I don't know the correct uh, terminology for like, but a big like portion of uh, people from Panama. I don't Panamanians. I don't know what I don't know the proper term. Mm-hmm. Um, Panamanians, yeah, Panamanians, yeah, yeah. So a lot, a lot. Well, I mean, that's the th- that's the point. They're from everywhere, right? And yeah. they're here. So this whole everywhere uh, to preach the gospel um, is that that the Holy Spirit works with a missionary that's on the mission field in Afghanistan, as well as someone that's trying to reach Afghani's that relocated to America. Uh, but like here in Durham, the Durham Triangle region. Uh, there's 7,000 different businesses in their region, in all the 14 counties that make up the Triangle region. And I bet there's a lot down at Research Triangle Park. 
Yeah, with but oh. uh, of the seven thousand businesses, oh, yeah, yeah. seven hundred are from uh, businesses that are foreign owned, which wow. would include like your taco stand as well as a big, huge uh, biochemical place in RTP right. doing research. Yeah. So so seven think about seven hundred different foreign owned businesses. So these people come from somewhere else, from France, from the Philippines, from Africa, from uh, India, Indonesia, um, Vietnam. I mean, they're getting ready to build a, a car uh, plant down in Chatham County that makes Vietnamese cars. Wow. Um, so all these, you know, uh, so, so, so all these, all this interconnection now of the world this global connection is you know, right sometimes we Carolina. look at it we're like uh, we look at it as christians because i know a lot of people are worried about um the end of time and the mark of the beast and the one world government and all that yeah. other stuff my thing is good let it happen the quicker all this stuff can happen the quicker jesus is coming back i'm not afraid of it in fact it basically provides us an opportunity to try to reach people well and i um, you know, I, I personally believe, at least right now, you know, end time stance can change all that. But at, in Matthew 24, Jesus talks about, and I promise I'm going somewhere with this. He talks about at the once the gospel's gone into all the world, yeah. the end will come. Yeah. So if you want the end to come, share the gospel more. Well, You've got a great yeah. mission field right here is what we're saying, you know. And we live in a day yeah. and age where with technology and all, the Bible is being, parts of the Bible now is being translated in so many languages that never were able to be translated before. Even languages that don't even have a written language using computer technology and everything, they're creating opportunities to get the gospel everywhere. So that's exciting because it just shows you that this power, this synergy, everything that happens out there, uh, it all happens for a purpose and a reason. I mean, I think even like the print and press being Invented. I think that was an act of spirit. Yeah. So, yeah. so God I works through too. people uh, in 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 all of our different ways of trying to serve Him to reach people. I mean, that's the whole purpose to to expand God's kingdom uh, here on this earth. And so, even though we're not perfect and complete, we will be. Which then goes back to the whole thing about the ascension. Uh, it goes from you know resurrection. To Christ's return, <laughs> so, right? So wait a minute. There's there's a whole in between yeah. that we're doing, and the the ascension is part of the in between. And so we're in this in between time where the Holy Spirit has been poured out on us, and we have this opportunity to to try to do what we can do, working with the Lord, working through us uh, to do His work, and uh, so that then when Jesus does return. All the every tribe, tongue, nation, and all are going to be around His throne, worshiping Him forever. Absolutely, and that's a uh, that's just the power we have through the Spirit, and the Spirit is a uh, been working for thousands of years to bring this about, and we just uh we just want to encourage you to be obedient because the nations are here, we just have to go. So, uh, and the ascension, it uh, and there's even hope in that because Jesus even says, "How I go up," which is public. Is going to be how I come back, and but during this time, you know that that ascension inaugurated the church age, and you know we if the ascension doesn't happen, we're, we're not sitting here today podcasting, you know, talking about the spirit, 
you know, talking about what the Lord's doing through Rose of Sharon, other churches in our area, what the potential is, you know, here in Durham. So a uh, very, very important doctrine. I'm glad you I'm glad you covered that today. We uh I thought that was a thought today was a pretty good discussion on on the ascension. So uh, if there's any questions you ever have about anything, feel free to let us know. Uh, I'll be preaching on this coming Sunday, and I think um, what I'm very leaning towards right now. I'm not going to say a definite, but I'm very close to feeling like this is definite. Is probably from First Peter, First um, Peter chapter one, uh, verses three through at least at least 12 and talking about like the value of salvation. I think, I think, um, cause I know like me personally, the last two messages I've preached were very like, uh, believers being evangelistic, like very heavy on that. So I kind of wanted to do something that was more, um, pertaining to like the outlook that a believer should have, um, kind of like on their own salvation, be joyful and grateful for what we have and letting that kind of overflow from us. So that's a, that's kind of a little bit of a sneak peek into next week about the value of our, the value of our salvation. And, um, man, I'm excited about this, especially when it talks about how the prophets were, um, were actually writing everything for people in the church. And I don't want to spoil too much of it, but I, it's, a it's actually a really fun passage when we dive into it. So that's a uh, that's where I'm leaning in. I might go past verse twelve. I don't know. I'll let you know on Sunday. So uh, Jeff, appreciate the conversation today. Always fun as usual. And uh, listeners, hope you enjoyed this as well. So uh, looking forward to seeing you this this coming Sunday. Got uh, got some fun things coming up for sure. So uh, invite a friend, and we'll uh, we'll see you on the next one. So long. Um,